Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 3,000 subscriber special episode of the Canadian Bowler Podcast. I'm here today with Michael Patuli on this side and Daryl Fitzgerald on this side, and I'm Lucas Caldwell. What the heck's going on, boys? I'm just trying to stay alive. I'm sick as anything, so uh, I'll, I'll make it through the show. We're, we'll be good. Daryl is as ill as Michael's draw weight. It's I was not gonna say, it's pretty good. Uh, I was say you can probably tell by Daryl when he's wearing his glasses. It's typically a, a precursor that he's not feeling very well. So we took a little bit of a, a longer break than we usually do between shows because Daryl was uh, pretty under the weather for the last week and a bit here. So we figured we'd postpone until he's at least kind of human. Yeah, and I haven't been on the show too much, so I've basically been banned from hosting on my own. So we had to make sure that Daryl was here. But anyways, before we get into any of our topics or roast Daryl anymore, don't forget, guys, everything's down below. You got to remember to subscribe. We got to get to like what now, like four billion, four billion <laughs> subscribers, something like that. Uh, no, but every subscriber helps a lot down below that red button. If you haven't clicked it already, make sure you hit that like, follow, subscribe on all social media platforms. Uh, today's podcast is recorded and posted on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, they usually go up within about a week after the show and we're posted directly on YouTube right after the show. Um, as well, as you can see, uh, my two lovely co-hosts have a little bit of the Canadian Bowler merch on today. If you guys want to uh, look like us, it's all available in the description down below. And again, we appreciate all sales. Everything goes back into the podcast so we can make this thing as legit as we can. All right, Mikey, start us off. You pick the first one. Oh, I get to, I get to pick which one's you get first. To pick which oh, my one. goodness. You're leaving me too much control here, Luke. Um, we might as well start with the World Bowls Tour uh, results. So, obviously, we delayed about a week there. So, the event's been done a couple of weeks now, but we definitely do need to still cover uh, what ended up happening there. So, uh, during our last show, it was about halfway done, and I think the finals had been for the pairs. Uh, we're, we're sort of just the next day, so we could start with that. The uh, men's pairs, the winners ended up being Greg Harlow and Nick Brett. Uh, so they ended up winning, I think it was their third time together. So they, they've they've played very well, been a long-standing team uh, at the World Bulls Tour. So it's good to see them win again. Uh, they had a good match against uh, Stempy and uh, Greenslade. So that was a good game that they had there. Uh, the mixed pairs... Uh, we also had Stuart Anderson and Cher- <laughs> sorry, Sherry Ann Glenn uh, beating Paul Foster and Allison Marion. So that was, again, uh, two very good matches. I watched them both live. Uh, I enjoyed the, that whole event. I was pretty much spending most of my days or a good portion of my days watching the different games. So that was fun to do. Uh, if you want to check out uh, any of those matches, they are still on the World Bowls Tours uh, YouTube channel. Uh, we did create a couple clips sort of highlight reels of a couple of the matches as well that we really enjoyed. So definitely check those out. If you do have some time, uh, for getting to the women's singles, uh, Catherine Rednall ended up beating uh, cherry Ann Glenn as well. So that was sort of the, I guess the big, big news on the, the ladies side was, uh, cherry Ann Glenn was, uh, what I think her first time back, they were saying since 2003 or something like that. Like she hadn't been, played in the oh wow she played she well been, yeah and she played great like she well to lose in the women's singles final and like a razor <laughs> yeah that game i think was um literally came down to essentially the last bowl where Catherine uh made a shot type of thing and then 
she could have drawn in to sort of save it, but just barely, barely missed the shot. So it was a really good match between the two of them. And then to obviously win the mixed pairs, you're obviously uh, playing at a pretty elite level. So it's kind of interesting to see someone who essentially hasn't been around for a very long time come back and then obviously give the best in the world runs for their money and being one of the best in the world. Catherine, uh, is that six? Six world titles? Uh, I'll, I'll do I'll do a fact check here, but I, I, I think you might be on the, the right line there because that, that does sound about right I'm, to me. I'm that it might pretty be sure she has the record now, like clear of anybody else. And that's, I mean, that's impressive. She's, she's phenomenal. Yeah, so it was good to see her be successful there. And like she plays, she's one, I think she's the only lady that ended up playing in the, uh, the open like yeah. singles mm -hmm. like that's true and she and she ended up having a really close match against uh wayne uh wilgris and she ended up not coming on the top on that one obviously but um she's obviously a very high quality player and it was great to see her get the results there we're talking about people coming back to the game um obviously a lot of us um and a lot of people across the world have actually been coming back into the game past like post pandemic and things are starting to happen again. Who do you guys think's the best player in the world right now? Indoor or outdoor? Pick your poison. Uh if I was gonna say both surfaces, I'd probably say Alex Marshall. Um if you're if you're gonna choose somebody that could go indoor, outdoor, um he's probably one of the best. Um Although, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll admit, I think he's starting to slide a little bit as far as his abilities. Like, he's not at his peak anymore. He's still phenomenal. I mean, that's a given, but um, he'd be one of my picks for, for one of the top. But um, Nick Brett's phenomenal on the indoor, um, day in, day out. And he proved himself on the outdoor, too, at the Commonwealth Games. He's, he's, got, uh, he's got some merchandise that he brought back. Uh, the hardware yeah so um really good and then i mean different hemispheres bring different things to the table like um for my my money aaron sheriff is probably the top in the australian side and uh uh even though he wasn't at the commonwealth games i think he's probably he would be uh my first pick if i was going to pick somebody over there yeah no you're you're barking up the right tree there, Daryl. Um, I did a fact check there, and that was Catherine's sixth um, World Indoors Bowl Championship. Five of them are singles, one is mixed pairs. So you're right on the money there. So very impressive with that. Uh, if we're talking ladies indoor, I'm uh, probably going to throw her as my my top lady. Uh, from what I saw from Cherry Ann Glenn, though, <laughs> come next year, someone who's fresh, not playing as much, could definitely see her um, being one of the elite players or one of the top players in the world even fairly soon now. Uh, Luke's, Luke's just leaving the podcast. Uh, good times. <laughs> uh, but then if you're talking, I, I agree with what you're sort of saying there. It really depends on what sort of surface. And if we're talking all around, honestly, I, I'd probably say Aaron Sheriff's my my top male player any surface because we one of the things we're going to be top, talking about later on in the show here is uh the world indoor championships is coming up and he's representing australia there so he's obviously <laughs> proven that he's one of the better players in australia for indoor play and i'm gonna bet that when we maybe do those results 
month or what's it i think three months from now when that tournament will be over we'll probably have imagine his name and one of those team one of those players doing pretty well so he'd be my pick for the the top player in the world since you missed it luke aaron sheriff oh yeah i heard okay (laughs) sorry i just wanted it to feel like home for you guys so i figured i'd step out for a second (laughs) it's the the other name uh for finishing up the the results that uh i hadn't got to there for wbt Uh, in the final uh jamie walker uh ended up beating uh jason banks Jason Banks. As you say, I was searching for the the first name, Jason Banks. That was a, a fairly good match between them. Um, Jamie Walker, you could probably throw in that mix for top player indoor-outdoor because, again, sort of what Daryl was touching on, had some good results at the Commonwealth Games and then goes on and wins the World Indoor singles there. So yeah. that was, I think, one of the first times we're going to see at the World Indoor that two qualifiers ended up playing in the final. So that was really quite incredible to see two guys that qualified from outside of that top 16 slog their way through all the way through the tournament, just kept upsetting guys and ended up playing each other in the final. So that was really cool. Um, I enjoyed watching their semifinals. Like both semifinals were terrific on both sides. Um, specifically like the uh, Jason Banks versus um, Mark Dawes game is absolutely incredible uh the two of them were just back and forth incredible draw weight like i think one of the clips we posted it's uh mark ends up drawing the jack cold off of a bowl within like a couple inches of the jack type of thing and then the next bowl was that really crazy where he squeezed the jack kind of on a rebound to get mm. the one but it's, it's just the two of them played incredible like if you're looking for a game to go rewatch i'd say that semi-final is awesome but also that other semi-final uh, with Jamie in it, he plays incredible in that semi-final. But there's a couple of really great shots in that one as well. Yeah. So well, I just wanted to say for for a lot of those things, um, um, I I didn't get to watch all the the event, but Mike um, watched a ton of it, and he kept sending me clips. And we we put out a bunch of uh, Facebook Reels, YouTube Shorts, and TikToks. If you're on TikTok, um, really hones in on our, our demographic, but. Uh, um, and it has a lot of those highlights in it, just so you can see exactly what Mike is talking about, because it's incredible. TikTok 65 plus, right? <laughs> yeah, no, TikTok's uh, definitely the younger crowd, but we, we, we got to spread our, our love around any platform that does have the videos. True. So, yeah, that's our results from the, the World Bulls Tour. Um, it's always sad when it's done, because I know I think now we got a quite a long period between we're going to see more activity out of them. I know they do have other events. Uh, that they're planning and they're going to probably sporadically play over the year here, but it's going to be a little bit of a while before we'll see any more info from them because that's the end of their schedule for this year. Uh, I just want to say um, for that event, I was, now I watch a lot of it anyway, usually, um, but I was actually more intrigued and more engrossed in what was going on because the fact that the qualifiers were doing so well, like, you know, Cody and Dylan beating a, a really high team, even though they were unranked as well, but a really, really quality team and moving forward. <clears throat> and then uh, seeing those qualifiers go through, it, it made it more exciting for me. And I, I hope we see a lot more of that because um, no offense to the top 16, but I like to see that shake up. Does that open up the uh, 
the possibility or like, I guess it's a conversation we could have right here between the three of us. What do you guys think about that top 16 format where they're automatically getting in, but then this year, those two guys are like the ones we're obviously pinpointing, but then there also was a third player. Uh, the name's escaping me at this point, but he got through to, I think the quarterfinals and he was also a qualifier. And then I think there was also a player in the first round who got through the first round and was a qualifier. So you're seeing a lot of guys beating these top 16 players going through two of them specifically to the final, another guy to the quarterfinals. So you're seeing obviously that there's a very good, uh, contingent of players who don't play in this event or don't get the opportunity to play in the event. So what would you guys think? Is the, is this, is the top 16 getting the job done for how they're running WBT? The only issue with the top 16 I have is essentially what I was uh, talking to you guys about um, before the show. And it's like, is there any other events that you get points at? Or is it just like the few events, like the top 16? I mean, it just seems like a kind of like a, a vague thing to throw it. They're like, yeah, these people do consistently once or twice a year. Um, but other people don't even really have the opportunity to play there. So I don't, I don't really understand how it works personally. So no, I don't think it's a really a great format. Yeah. It's, it's not my favorite. Um, I know we had uh, Jason Parkinson on, um, one of our interviews to talk about it. And I mean, they do, uh, I think cycle out the points every three years. Did he say you kind of drop what they did? So if they had an amazing year, three years ago, that keeps them in there. If they haven't done so great since they eventually will drop off, but <clears throat> having that guarantee in there, um, kind of keeps you afloat. Right. Um, yeah. I, I, I prefer the, um, play your way in, um, some of the, a lot of those guys earned their way in the same way that those qualifiers did, right? They they did the hard sure. yards and grinded their way to eventually get in. They probably lost a bunch of times too, um, but I, yeah, I just don't like that um, kind of um, you're in and as long as you play okay and and you make you're it fine. through a couple of rounds, you're fine for next year. Yeah, I think it, it definitely lets the players almost rest on their laurels a bit where they're kind of in there so they can just make an appearance and sort of robot through their game. And if they lose, there's like, oh, whatever type of thing. And so I, I think there should be some sort of a shakeup. Uh, I'm not sure what exactly a shakeup would look like where they either have to maybe play their way in or uh, they maybe have a slight expansion on which events allow you to get points. Because like I hadn't, uh, like Jason Banks, I hadn't heard of who he was before. And then I look him up on Google and I think he's like a multi-time Scotland indoor champion. Yes, so yeah. if you kind of think about that prowess, you're obviously a very high quality player if you're winning things like that. And so then it kind of begs the question, what does a person have to do to get themselves to that top 16 other than like them obviously getting to the finals? I'm sure maybe next year right, when those, those new rankings come up, we're probably going to see both of them in their top 16, I'd hope. But uh, I would hope there's more things that can be done because um, if I had the results still open in front of me, the, you know, the other guy who made it to the quarterfinals that I was talking about, he gets to the quarterfinals, wins three matches, we're probably not going to see him in the top 16, even though he played great there and probably going to have to do the qualifier route everything again. So, Yeah, I, I forget how the points are distributed. Um, I'm pretty sure that um, Banks and Walker will be in um, based on their high ranking, but um, and some of the bottom ones, they obviously won't be shooting up the, the ladder, but uh, they'll be in there somewhere, I, I believe. Um. I just find it, especially for like where Canadians 
we deal with the Canadian PBA system to get the qualifier, I find it um, it makes it such a really hard sell. Like there's the passionate people like Cody and Dylan. Cody plays in everything and he wants to go and he wants to play and he can play at that level. Uh, he proved it over there that he could play, um, you know, decent bulls on indoor. But um, for those that aren't sure and for those that are kind of sitting on the fence and say, oh, you know, should I, shouldn't I? If they look at that system and say like, you know, what is it going to take for me to actually get good, be over there and play consistently for a place like Canada or say the United States or, or those that don't have indoor facilities, that's a, that's a tough sell because you don't, you don't have the, the reps to, to compete with those guys. Yeah. And it's like, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a hundred percent, like for us, it's a hundred percent self-funded, correct? I think you get a little bit from the entries, which isn't much, uh, but yeah. mostly you're, you're putting you're putting your money forward to to go and play. I guess my biggest question about the PBA and the WBT: um, Why do you think they get uh, like the viewership they get? Like, if you click on their Facebook lives when the live events run or their YouTube, there's always tons of people watching. Like, like I mean, I could be wrong, but I think there's like thousands, if not a little bit less, a little bit more. Um, I mean, I think they have arguably the most professional setup for it. Um, but at the end of the day, we're still bulls. Why do you think they get such more viewership and everything else? Um, it's a huge UK market. Um, and I, I, I'll, yeah, I'll say it. It's um, the format's a little bit more progressive than, say, a traditional format. And uh, like you said, the the quality, uh, compare, I, I'll compare it to anything across the board, even uh, like Commonwealth games and all that kind of stuff, the the quality of the broadcast and the commentary is, is actually pretty good. Yeah. The quality of the broadcast, like the commentators are good, but I mean, just the broadcast alone is borderline world-class. Yeah. Like you could call it world-class. Like it's definitely up there for the, the quality, like BBC comes in there and they, they do a great job. Cause obviously when you're a name like BBC, you have, pretty substantial government funding from like the English government. So that's uh, a pretty big network to be able to have that, that information. But when, when they're not involved and it's dot BBC, like Jason uh, Parkinson, we had on the show along with the crew that they have for WBT, they do a great job of commentating as well. So um, I think they get big viewership because realistically it's great quality. It stands out. And when there's, x thousand people watching it uh that video kind of does i think in the algorithm for youtube pop up on a lot of people's pages especially if they're interested in sports because it's probably when you have that many thousand people watching it definitely draws your eye to be like oh what is this actually and it definitely is a thing that i think brings people's eyes to it i think the quality um and just having commentators on it all the time i help i think it drastically improves like your retention because obviously people click on our videos and leave right away like we see it on our live videos all the time the numbers go up and down and kind of fluctuate i think the super super high quality is what kind of makes people stay there a little bit longer and maybe actually like watch it and figure it out as opposed to like um a lot of the stuff we see is just popped up on a phone with some guy walking around and it's really like it's content and it's good enough for a lot of people but it's not good enough for somebody who doesn't really know what they're watching i'll also this out there the one thing that i love is the fact that all the players the officials everybody know it's being televised know where the cameras are and don't 
park their ass in front of it so I can't see the head. Yeah. <laughs> like trying to watch a Forest game on Commonwealth Games or anywhere else. I'll tell you, when I was uh, in England with Commonwealth Games and they were on the TV rink, there was people on all sides constantly telling people to move because they forget and they stand in the middle and it's just an ass shot, right? They're standing in front of the camera and it's like, you know, get out of the way so people can see. It's um, did they did they not have like big giant boom cameras to kind of avoid that at Commonwealth Games? Well, they did for the over top, but when you want to see sideways and stuff like that, there's cameras on the side and there's cameras at the back, so you can see different angles. And people would just right. park themselves in front of it and just be completely oblivious. Um, if you want a high quality product, people have to stand in the right place. It's yeah. it's a small rink for let's say it's a force game, eight people to crowd their their bodies around there. So. Um, you know, you have to be aware of, of that if you really want the the uh, the visibility of it to, to be good. Hundred percent. Good conversation. I I'm, I'm enjoyed the this one here. Maybe we'll have to uh, continue it uh, at a different point. Maybe <clears throat> when uh, Canadian Buller gets out there and starts our uh, new streaming platforms that we're going to have out there, and yeah, so BBC or TSN, Barstool. Uh, who else is out there that we could get a uh, sponsorship from so we can have some cool cameras too? Cam LaFriends is in the chat. He can sponsor us. He's always in the way. That's true. Yeah. He's about as thick as paper, though. So you, you hardly <laughs> notice. Turn him sideways and everything's good. Yeah. Anyways, good conversation, guys. Uh, I guess we can move on. We have a few other topics to, yeah. to get here today. Uh, we sort of did talk about this one already, and I figured it's just a good segue to jump into it. So we talked about Aaron Sheriff uh, being our one of our players that we linked as top player indoor or outdoor. His compadre from Australia, Kelsey Cottrell, uh, could probably be named uh, one of those ladies too. I'd argue that. Uh, they, yep. Definitely. Uh, those two are the Australian representatives at the World Indoor uh, Lumbling Championships that's coming, uh, I believe it's in May. So uh, Daryl's got a photo up there. So they just released the player list uh, this week. So our representatives who just won the Canadian Indoor, what, a few months back there, uh, Jerome Kirby and Linda Ng, uh, they're, they're going to that. And then it's got the full list of all the countries in there. I'm um, just going off the top of my head. I think it was like 25 countries or something like that. So again, it's a pretty impressive field. Uh, it's nice to see that there's not your atypical bulls nations uh, sending people out uh, to get those reps and sort of test their metal against the top players. So I'll be excited to to see the results as they come in from Australia there in a couple months. I'm going to be honest, the most, uh, shocking thing for me and i uh, obviously aaron sheriff's great but i'm shocked to not see uh jeremy henry on that list <laughs> he he used to play in the uh the world cup oh um, is this, this is this is different this is what the world cup became so they disassembled the world cup made it into this event and they split it between um the uk and australia so alternating um running of it they go um, northern hemisphere southern hemisphere so it's a little more fair than it's just like for the longest time it was just always Warilla. Like no just question. Just the Jeremy 100%. Henry show. That Jeremy Henry yeah. show basically, yeah. <laughs> Jeremy um, Henry, Joe Edwards show. The the cool thing is they do have returning champs in this. So uh Michael Stephanie and um Julie Forrest. Yeah, Julie Forrest will be there. Um which is kind of cool. And uh I'm always intrigued. Uh I'm I'm a uh, I 
love the bowler. Uh, he's from Wales, Danny Salmon. I think he's phenomenal. I watched him in the juniors as well. Very um, good. He beat, he's, he crushed he's gonna me be in there. the juniors. Yeah. A two-time Commonwealth Games pairs gold medalist. Like, I mean, uh, uh, phenomenal. Yeah, he's yeah. he's he's quite good. Yeah, there's quite a few good names in the <clears throat> that field coming up there. So if you are at all curious, uh, definitely check out World Bowls. Uh, as we talked about on the last podcast, their new kind of revamped website with their super awesome new logo and everything like that. You can definitely check out the website. Uh, I'll give them kudos. They are promoting stuff better now and they're making it a lot more visible. 100%. So definitely check out the site. It, it has good info. It has information about the tournament and then always nice to see the, the full names a couple months in advance so that you sort of know what to expect when uh, the results do start coming in. I'll, I'll second that, Mike. I mean, um, World Bowls, just in the short time that they've made a few changes, I mean, they've been good quality of life changes as far as getting information out there, posting stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what comes comes after that. So um, especially with this event, see how that starts rolling things forward in, as term, in terms of all the world events coming forward. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I know Michael isn't the greatest fan of the logo, but it is nice to see them change things because it's literally been basically a dead wasteland since I've joined Bulls is what the World Bulls website has been with minimal updates or information at all. So it is nice to see them actually putting some yeah. a little bit of effort into it. Yeah. No, hopefully it's just a, a, an upwards trajectory as we go along here. So moving on, uh, last show... I'll kind of let Daryl take this one over, but the last show we had talked about uh, short mat bowling. Uh, there was Canadian short mat uh, championships. We covered the results there, and we actually did have Canadian short mat bowls association reach out to us. So we do have some information. Looks like they've got a world championship coming up. I'll, I'll let Daryl take over. Uh, yeah, um, I talked to uh, David Burrows, who heads up that uh, organization. Um, I, I asked them uh, just a couple questions like, um, who's going, they obviously posted, um, who's going. And, uh, I also asked them just, you know, well, how do you do the selection? How do the people get chosen to go? So, uh, here's a list of all the people that are going and I will, I will just read, uh, what Dave sent to me. Um, so I don't put words in his mouth and, uh, and mess up what he said. So, uh, he says, the main focus we have for Canadian Short Mat Association is to grow the sport across Canada, encourage various clubs to foster friendly competitions amongst each other, promote the uh, the CSMBA National Championships, improve players who wish to participate in those championships, and improve uh, the CSMBA National Team each time they participate. So they just want to see people getting better and better across the sport. Uh, presently, our own national championships have been growing in both numbers and quality, uh, and we're proud to have a full team of 20 players traveling to Aberdeen, Scotland, uh, March 17th to 19th, uh, 2023. Um, so the full team is Travis Anderson, uh, Canada Team A, uh, singles, Travis Anderson, pairs, uh, Penny uh, Henneke and Marion Burton uh, as the skip. Triples, uh, Louisa Arthur, uh, John McKenzie, and Bill Arthur, who's also in the chat uh, as Skip. Uh, the fours will be Dave Burrows, uh, Pat Binney, uh, Fred Gundel, and Rusty Ruggles as Skip. Uh, team B, Sophie Burrows will be singles. Uh, pairs, uh, Debbie Farrell and Blaine Phillips as Skip. 
triples uh, Brent Bailey, uh, Alan Bell, and Terry Bradshaw as Skip. And the fours is Mary Pace, uh, Nan Hendren, uh, Kathy Shirley, and Dave Shirley as Skip. So the reason I had asked is um, a lot of those weren't the gold medalists uh, that we saw at the national championship. So I was just curious how things got chosen. But uh, he says, because the world championships include around 15 countries, each of our team members are allowed to play in just one event with only the top four making the medal rounds. Ireland is the most dominant. Um, England also has around uh, 2,500 uh, members. To make the national team, a player must enter the uh, CSMBA Nationals and perform well enough to be within the top 20 players overall of those who are able to travel to Scotland. Uh, the first qualification is to win the gold or silver in any of our four events. Secondly would be to win a bronze medal and perhaps other fine results in another event. We also look at past rankings, past results. Although short map bowlers around the world are roughly the same age as outdoor bowlers, the world-class short map players are generally younger than the world outdoor bowlers. Uh, in fact, the world championship skip in the pairs in Sweden in 2018 was only 15 years old. Um, wow. So yeah, um, he said our silver medalists are all traveling to Aberdeen, but uh, our gold medal winners, uh, Martin Foxhall, David Llewellyn, Fred Walbank, and Steve McCarran have yet to uh, cross over to the other side. So um, it, it's basically uh, you win and you perform well, you get looked at, and um, I guess uh, I'm assuming that the gold medalists did not want to uh, do the traveling and go over and, and play, so uh, they have the silver medalists going for the most part. Um, I also have uh, just a picture of the shirt. So there's the front of the shirt that they'll be wearing, and there is the back. Very nice. Very snazzy. So, like, next year, does the Canadian bowler go in and just take over the short mat trips <laughs> and just start crushing, or...? Uh, yeah. I will. I actually do have a, a a legitimate thing to say. I did think it's kind of interesting, and I mean, again, quote me if I'm wrong, but uh, all of the disciplines are mixed. Uh, it, it looks like, like that, yeah. Which is, uh, I mean, I think that's great because, like I've said in the past, I think bowls is one of the. I don't know. People might take this the wrong way, but I think it's one of the only sports out there that you can play mixed at every level or men versus women. I don't really think there's a, a massive discrepancy between them um, personally. Um, so it, I, it's just neat to see them at a, at a world championship level playing mix. Yep. No, you're, you said it well there, Luke. I'd agree with that. Like we just covered Catherine Rednall playing in the, the open singles there at Potters and definitely held their own. So I, I don't see it being, a sport that definitely needs to be a segregated segregated by the genders anymore. It's mm -hmm. cool to see that that's how they they run it there. Uh, as as Daryl did say, Bill was in the chat. Um, I asked him see if he could get we could get the name of the, the Facebook group if you want to follow uh, the Canadian short map bowlers while they're over there. Um, doesn't doesn't appear to have the name there yet, but they apparently they have a Twitter and a Facebook group. So if you look that up on Facebook, I'm sure you'd be able to find. Uh, Canadian short mat bulls association or team, some sort of thing like that. Uh, there will be updates I'm sure uh, when they do go over there. So that's good luck to them. I uh, hope they do well. I believe I have found it. could be wrong, but there is one called the Canadian short mat bulls group. I do not know if that's the updated one or not, but there was posts on it as 
early as yesterday. So that may be the one he's talking about. If people are looking for it, it is called the Canadian Short Mat Bulls Group, is what the group is called. Yeah, I've been looking. Um, I've been trying to check back on their website, and um, their Twitter account just mentioned that um, I guess possibly they've been locked out of their account or don't have access to the website, so it hasn't been updated uh, probably in a couple of years. Yeah, um, that is that is the correct one. Yeah, so um, I think they're they're rebuilding the site and having a new one put up, which is good news because, um, as we always say, like I wanna I wanna see a decent website. And most of the Lumbles websites are pretty trash, so it'll be good to see one when it comes out. Yeah, Daryl the Troll is always always there looking for his his bad Dar- websites. Daryl's talking about good websites, even though he canceled our website like a month and a half ago, so we don't even have one anymore. What a guy! We will eventually. We will. <laughs> um, I guess if we're staying on the topic, uh, short mat. Like if for some of the people listening here, uh, short mat is. Not the same as Lombols, if you're not familiar with uh, what it is. So short mat is, I'd say, kind of the the ugly stepchild uh, in some people's eyes of Lombols because it's played on a shorter little mat uh, with a block uh, block of wood in the middle that sort of prevents you being able to just rip it up the middle because I think the, the length of the carpets, they can vary, but they're usually only about 13 meters type of a thing. So it's pretty short, and if you don't have the block in the middle... Uh, obviously pretty easy to throw a drive and hit whatever you're throwing at if you only have to have it travel uh, 13 meters. So um, it's a little bit of a different game. It's very much a game you can play anywhere, though, and that's why you kind of see there's a lot of countries that participate in the short mat worlds because um, really you just have to buy this carpet, a few hundred dollars, and then as long as you have a flat gym, like gym floor, uh, where I play at the Cathedral Short Mat Club in Regina, uh, we just literally use our Lombols clubhouse floor, and you just roll up the carpet and you throw the bowl, and it, it gets the job done. So if you live somewhere where you have access to a flat floor and you want to give it a try, you, know, you can definitely hit up pretty much any bowls provider. They they do sell short mat equipment, and it's a pretty inexpensive sport to really get started in on. Excuse my ignorance to uh, short mat, but um, at like I don't know if you guys know either, but at like the world championship or or at um, even like the national level, do they use lawn bowls or do they use their own? Like, do they have a short mat bowl or how does that work? They use lawn bowls. So yeah, okay, yeah. yeah so you, you, that's it's the same sport. Like you still use the lawn bowl. Debatably, you can use the same delivery, although. I don't recommend it. Like when I've played, I I totally alternate or totally change my delivery when I'm playing short mat. Um, But that's just how it is. You play with a bowl. You're going to probably want to, depending on the slant of the floor you're playing on, obviously will affect uh, what type of bias you're going to want to play with. So that's a little bit of a complicating factor, uh, depending on the the place you're playing in. But I quite enjoy it. And I know uh, across Canada, there's quite a, quite a few clubs popping up. Like I know it's, there's quite a few in BC and Saskatchewan. We have quite a large contingent, essentially all the major cities have one. And then um, I know obviously Ontario has a pretty good size group of it too. So I think it's a sport that's sort of on the rise or growing a little bit, because as I was saying, it is pretty inexpensive to sort of get what a club started and uh, really just still keep enjoying playing a sport that's very similar to bowls year round. 
We'll, we'll get you out there, Luke, and uh, I'll show you what it's like. I have, it's... I have played before. Okay. I, I only asked that question because, like, when I played, it was with a Womble, and I didn't know if that's just because what we had or 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 or, or what it is. Uh, it's been years, but year, years ago, I did I did play. I will say it and... is a little intimidating when you you bring your bowls and then you for the first time you see what the short mat is and you're like, how am I going to keep my bowl on the carpet? Like, you think it's just going to fly off the edge and. Whatever, because you're so used to outdoor. Actually, when um, when I was practicing to go to the youth championships, our club had three short mat carpets, and I actually just put them together and uh, used them as a giant, like kind of like a giant surface, so I could at least roll bowls on them. Yeah, that's actually what the cathedral short mat does. If we don't have our full roster there, and we can play with essentially less than eight people, we push the two together, and then have one big mat. But uh. Yeah, short mat, it's a bit of a humbling game. Sort of what Daryl's saying, keep your bowl on the mat is a challenge at points because sometimes you need to draw wide so you lose it on the outside or uh, you definitely will hit the block in the middle of the, the rink multiple times. That's so a familiar sound of a person just being a little bit too inside or if you're trying to play sort of through weight type of thing, it it changes the game. It's, it's fun though. I, I actually quite enjoy it because it's a lot different strategy-wise where you can't really throw big weight uh, at pretty much any of the heads and a lot of it's very like touch drawing and very much like making those those very nice mm -hmm. touch shots um, yeah. in the chat bill is also saying the one thing we missed heavier jack so they play with the indoor uh, jack yeah. when they play short mat so um, that's the only major difference is obviously a heavier jack Mike, you did say a couple things about uh, this cathedral lawn bowling club that sounds like they got some pretty interesting stuff going on did you want to touch on that quickly yeah, no, we uh, we wanted to touch on that. So I am a member of the Cathedral Short Mat Club. Uh, that's the Regina Lawn Bowling Club's uh, uh, Short Mat Bowling Club. So every Friday they essentially host a short mat at the, the clubhouse, the Regina Lawn Bowling Club. Um, last year they hosted a, or live streamed, I guess, a tournament uh, around this time. And they're doing that again this year. So we figured we would sort of hype up or let you know that they're having that event it's not this week coming up it'd be the next friday so uh, i'd have to look at a calendar but uh february the 17th so they're having uh, the tournament on february the 17th so that uh you'll be able to check me out i guess so if you tune into the uh cathedral or it's at the regina lawn bowling clubs uh youtube channel uh you'd be able to check us out playing i believe there's Eight teams, eight teams playing in the event. Uh, I'd you gonna get to, that bread? I hope I hope to get that bread. Definitely. <laughs> uh, they just uh, came out the other day. They sent us out an email of who our teammates are and everything. So, it'll be an exciting event uh, to play in. You'll probably hear me commentating because essentially the the way they run it is the team that's not playing uh, jumps in on the commentary box. So yes. definitely expect to hear me, uh, commentating at some point, uh, during that event too, but we, uh, wanted to definitely just draw attention to it. So if anyone is interested seeing either a, what short map polls is and sort of see what we're doing in Regina, definitely check it out on the 17th. Right on. Good stuff. I'll be in there chirping. I'll yeah, be chirping. <laughs> I, you both will probably just only tune in for my games, and then every time I throw a trash bowl, just blow the place up and make fun of it. I, I guess, like, the real question I have for you, Mike, does a technically flawed delivery, like, give you a, more of an advantage or more of a disadvantage in short mat? 
Oh, it's more of an advantage, definitely. Like, do you just like hock it over the block? Uh, it bounces over it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Nice, sometimes nice. on That's... my second, sometimes on my second bounce, I actually clear the block. So that'd be amazing. Yeah. That'd be actually be hilarious. But <laughs> <laughs> considering it's like six or seven meters away from you, you would have to really uh, and it's give like it a rock hard. Yeah, you would have to really hock your bowl, I think, to 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 clear that on a bounce, but. Thanks, Luke. Thanks for signaling me out. Like I'm normal. just asking questions. That's all I'm here to do. Okay. Okay. Well, those are our main topics, but we sort of let out, uh, let the show off with one of our other things we wanted to cover. So we hit 3,000 subscribers as of yesterday, I believe it was. So we were unbelievably hyped up to hear that. So we uh, look Luke, it, don't we? Yeah, Luke. Luke already started out the show, I think, thanking everyone. But I'm just gonna jump in and say thanks again. We we really do appreciate all the support. Uh, like what two years ago, we were struggling to even hit a thousand, yeah. and I think like we were just banging our heads against the wall trying to get to a thousand, and uh, we we got there, and we we've kind of set goals since then, and we've kept achieving and even surpassing them a little bit uh, well so. i mean don't be don't correct me if i'm wrong but our goal was to hit 2000 by december 31st and on february 5th we're at 3000 so i yeah. mean if that explains how good it's going then things are going quite well yeah no like uh that you're saying exactly what i i would say it is we we've been setting goals and the support we've been getting is absolutely terrific so we really do uh, appreciate it we have lots of new stuff planned and sort of any of the the money we are generating through any of your support, either uh, as Luke talked about the merchandise, if you're you're wanting to get yourself any sort of clothing, uh, any support you do give us, we put it back into the the podcast, and it's going to hopefully keep growing uh, as we go here because we we have lots of streaming equipment we've uh, purchased, and we hope to be streaming some stuff this summer and sort of everything like that because like obviously majority of our time on the air has been pandemic times right so yeah. we haven't really had much opportunity to have a normal summer and go about uh, our lives where we could stream do the things we want to do so i think this summer uh, maybe expect some of that coming forward oh and uh, i guess in the chat cameron just got himself a brand new hat and then he says there's free shipping for the next four days so you hear that people you got four days to save like i don't know how many dollars but free shipping we do try to put out um, some teasers on some of the the sales and um, free shipping kind of stuff that uh, that we do have. So keep an eye on the store. <clears throat> There's little sales going on all the time. So awesome, free shipping for the next four days. Um, Cam, uh, you're gonna look good in that hat, buddy. And if you guys don't like any of the current uh, shirts that are out there, there's we always have new stuff, uh, new uh, logos and stuff kind of on the go. So uh, just keep your eye popped open. If you look over it once and don't see something you like, don't quite give up on it yet. Um, things are coming all the time. So keep that in mind as well. Yeah, like with 3,000, we got new goals, new things that we're, we're dreaming up. So like Daryl and me have some ideas for merch that I think is probably going to be coming out fairly quick. Uh, then we've also talked about it, I think, multiple times on the show. Uh, Daryl's going to be bringing back Coach's Corner. Uh, we're also going to be bringing back different types of videos, uh, kind of more like Daryl's technical difficulties type things where we're going to get more into maybe drills, things like that. So definitely expect a lot more content from us uh, as time progresses here because we, we are dedicated to this channel and all your support really does help us keep pushing things forward. 100%. I don't think I could have said it better myself. Alrighty, boys. Uh, 
anything else we want to do uh, before we wrap today? No, I think I'm think I'm so. good. I do good plugs on everything. Um, I'm looking forward to to what's going to happen in the near future. And if I survive this cold, I'll definitely be putting stuff out. I've been dragging my heels on everything the last two weeks because I've been on death's door with this thing. So yeah. I think you should keep the cold. You sound sexy, Daryl. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Dreamboat, All right. Daryl. Alrighty. Well, I guess if we're done, I guess we shut her down. Uh, thanks to the boys, Mike and Daryl, for always holding it down for me, even when I'm not here. Uh, so thanks for that. Um, don't forget, guys, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button down below. The little thumbs up gives you notifications every time we're live. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, everywhere we got things going on. Uh, if you missed any part of the show, it'll be posted on YouTube almost instantly after the show, and it'll be live on all major podcast platforms in a few days. Um, we thank all you guys again. Don't forget about your merch and your subscription down below. Thanks for 3,000, and until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I hope all your shots are touchers.